so little education around sexual wellness, sexual education. No one really knows how to say no when it comes to some kind of intimacy. But also no one really knows how to say yes. So when you own your no's and your yeses, then you're able to listen to your bodies. Welcome, welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Nitha, and this is your destination, your oasis to be just a little bit more brave in your actions, in your life, and in your relationships. And now we have a very exclusive, juicy, long-awaited conversation. This is all about masculinity, how to love yourself, how to truly get into your own sexual liberation, and how Tantra can heal through a family reconciliation with Vice Star's three-time documentary, Shaft Adin. Now, I met our guest, Shaft Adin, at a global event. He had so much taboo knowledge to share during our juicy chat that I wanted to just know more and more. Because Shaft is a Tantra practitioner and healer. In our conversation, he had completed about 100 yoni mapping sessions. I think I'm even getting it wrong. Maybe it was a thousand yoni mapping sessions. But our conversation, he introduces some eye-opening topics. So folks, this episode is not for kids around and it's probably not safe to listen to at work unless you want to tantalize their senses. So in this episode, we get juicy. He shares his incredible journey of saving his father coming from a Bangladeshi background. And we touch on everything from sexual healing and liberation to making peace with family and embracing masculinity through appreciation of the feminine. Shafton explains why you're standing and healing our bodies, particularly through sacred sexuality, is so crucial and often so judged and so talked down upon. And of course, he gets very personal and tells all about his own journey. Now, in this episode, we are talking about struggling with his masculinity as a result of a challenging relationship with his own Bangladeshi father, the reconciliation with his parents and facilitating healing for himself, his father, and his entire family unit, the fundamentals of Tantra and how it actually relates to sexual liberation, pleasure, and healing, and the courage and bravery required to break free from societal norms and judgments in pursuit of one's authentic self. Now, a little bit about Shaft. Shaft's life is one of hedonism and excess. He went from being the son of a working class immigrant to being super successful as an art director in advertising, working for some of the biggest brands on the planet. A classic rags to riches story, yet Shaft was living a double life fueled by alcohol and drug addiction. He tried taking his own life three times and he realized that things needed to change. Intuitively, Shaft turned into alternative therapies, meditation, and of course, Tantra that actually and eventually saved his life. Now, you are going to just love Shaft and fall in love with him, just like I had the pleasure of spending such deep time with him, have such reverence for his work and what he's able to do, not just as an entertainer, but a devout healer and practitioner. Without further ado, let's welcome Shaft Adin to The Brave Table. Emotions high this time of year? I know that some of you have been feeling the weight of your emotions. And if you've been told you're too much or you're too emotional 
or maybe feeling that you're an empath and you don't have a place for your emotions to live, I invite you to this Embrace Your Emotions 90-minute workshop that I'm hosting. If you've been feeling angry, rageful, or burnt out, resentful, or maybe just been feeling that you haven't been heard, seen, or understood, this is a place for you. We're going to go over the different kinds of emotions that we go through when we are navigating through tough times, when there is so much bigness in the world, how to process and release them. And in these 90 minutes, I'm going to go over a playbook that will not only help you build unshakable resilience, but also give you the tools to reset and help you regulate your nervous system. Finally, bounce back from anything that comes your way. I know you're going to get so much value out of this 90-minute conversation. So sign up, claim your seat, and grab the replay at neethabushan.com forward slash emotions workshop. That is neethabushan, N-E-E-T-A-B-H-U-S-H-A-N.com forward slash emotions workshop. And I'll see you there. Shaft. Hey there, friend. Doing amazing. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited that you're Be excited. Here. Be excited. Thanks. <laughs> I, you saw me when I didn't have hair like this. I mean, your whole do, your vibe is just, it's glowing. Thank you very much. That's the Austin vibe, I guess. This is the Austin vibe. Yeah. When I met you, you had a very guru-esque vibe. Do people consider you to be their guru? This is uh, something that the international press in the UK and other countries used to call me. Yeah, so tantric sex guru. That was my monocle for seven amazing happy years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. How did that come about? Let's dive in We're and dig straight in. in there, straight in there. I okay. think so. I, I think you have such a fascinating journey and let's brave that. Hmm. Well, you know, when you're mentally insane <laughs> and you have addiction problems and suicidal tendencies and depression from the age of eight to 34. Uh, That's just energy being directed in all sorts of places. Mm -hmm. Now, if you direct it to one focus point, for me, it was worshipping women's vaginas. And then you just get really good at something. So all that addiction, pain, suffering gets turned into passion, purpose, and pleasure. Mm -hmm. And then you just become really amazing at helping people. Well, when did that unfold for you? Because you said it was your earliest... 34, 2014. But even before that, because you said you you started to have mental health challenges oh, at eight. Yeah. Like I became myself when I was 34. Before mm-hmm. that, I was, I was batshit crazy. What was it like for you growing up in a family that perhaps, you know, had all of the cultural constructs of... Have you ever seen uh, the British... It's kind of a comedy drama called East is East. Uh, no. It's, a, it's actually a great film. It's basically my childhood. So I come from a very strict, devout Muslim upbringing. Uh, British. Like, the social conditioning was deep. Mm. My dad does the call to prayer at the local mosque and everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's like a, a big deal. He's, so he's the one that says the actual prayer in the morning. He does, yeah. yeah. He loves Allah. They all love Allah. <laughs> I mean, I, And I love all religions as well. Like, I'm a big fan. And all of them work. But I didn't love it when I was growing up. It caused a lot of pain and suffering and trauma, mm. especially with a thing called musulmanikam, which mm. is a genital mutilation. It's a practice that is very common in um, the Muslim culture. Mm. Would that be like circumcision? Circumcision, yeah. Mm. I mean, have you heard of female circumcision? Mm-hmm. Same thing, but for women. 
Oh, wow. So, but it's more common and accepted for boys. Wow. Yeah. And when would that come about for you? That happened to me when I was four years old, so quite late on. And it's only when I was able to look back in my life and just analyze the data and like go, huh, everything happened because of that one moment. Mm. I became an alcoholic, a drug addict, because I was so ashamed of my penis, my mm. lingam, mm. that I had to be drunk in order for me to feel accepted. So turn off the lights, be drunk, and just disconnect in order for me to connect. Mm. So I never really knew what intimacy was. Wow. Or deep healing human connection. Well, I want to kind of go even in there just a little bit more because for some get people... Get in there, we're, we're going in. For some people who, you know, they get circumcised, it's part of kind of the cultural constructs as you just shared. Is it different for the Muslim tradition of doing so? And or is it different versus getting it done as a baby versus getting it done much older. later on, older? Yeah. Where you actually have a trauma imprint. Yeah, I mean, that's one of my first memories. So it's like I did a little family healing session with my family in Bangladesh. My dad had a uh, a stroke mm. and I went over there in 2017 and saved his life with all the tantra stuff I've been doing. Wow. And one of the family clearings we did was talking about, now, you can't go to a Bangladeshi Muslim country and pull out the tantra stuff you got to frame it in a game so i was like hey guys you've all finished praying we've all all had dinner now we're gonna play a little game we're gonna go around and i'm gonna have a stopwatch and for 10 minutes you're gonna tell your family story from your first memory to this memory right now Mm -hmm. i'll go first to uh, show an example Uh, my first memory was my circumcision but also climbing up the stairs and opening up an X-Man comic and seeing Wolverine. I mean, I'm a massive geek. <laughs> and, and my story was one of violence and poverty. Mm. Then my brother goes next, and he also remembered the circumcision, and he's a year younger than me. But his one was of um, no violence at all and uh, abundance and wealth. Mm. Obviously, the youngest child. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so on and so on. And throughout this, my mom is just shouting, this is all a lie. I was like, mom, you're going to get your 10 minutes in a minute. And hers is just defense, defense, defense. defense. And As my dad, are. my dad, his story was so tragic and mm. so beautiful and so sad. We never knew that this very strong, powerful man just coming out of this stroke situation suffered so much. Mm. He's always just been telling us how to live our lives. Like any... Bangladeshi Muslim parent. Mm -hmm. So we actually found out that he's a really big pillar in the community. He actually, I mean, I just thought it was tight and we were broke all the time, but he was actually saving a lot of money, sending it back to the village in Bangladesh. And he actually built the mosque and the school and the village and funded Mm -hmm. like the whole of his families. Wow. Yeah, we never knew that. And I was 37 when I found that out. Wow. And every son has this journey around their father. Mm -hmm. And that is the, um, 
you grow up from zero to seven and he's God, he's everything. And then from seven to 14, you hate him. Mm. And then from 14 to 21, you run away and go, screw you, dad. <laughs> and then from 21 onwards, I can't do the seven-year maths anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but every seventh year, you're, you're, you change, your body changes uh, on a biological level. You emotionally change, but your perception of your father also changes. Mm. And it was literally like clockwork around 35 going into my next seven-year cycle, Mm -hmm. where I was able to heal my father and say all the things that I needed to say to him. Mm. And that for me was uh, a big thing around Tantra. So everything I did was a tantric workshop. And the main bulk of the work is going back home and saying I love you to Mm. your mom, your dad, and making peace with them. Mm. And once you do that, then you have better sex. (laughs) And then it overflows into everything. For those that aren't familiar with the work on Tantra, because what we hear and what we see and what's kind of glamorized and idolized is the sex, is the lovemaking and the slowness and the savoring of Mm -hmm. all the pleasure. How would you describe Tantra? I mean, by practicing and teaching tantra i'm actually preserving my heritage Mm. because out there it's just white women teaching white women tantra (laughs) that's it it's just really hot influential successful women Mm. and uh, i wonder why the women this is a mantra from all the women because i work with women where are all the good men Mm. none of the men are learning tantra (laughs) it's just women so they're just escalating so what does it mean to me well you could google uh, or YouTube search 10 questions that you always wanted to ask a tantric sex guru and you'll see the most uh, viewed video. It's in the top 10 most viewed videos by Vice. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a hit. And I actually was one of the main pioneers to get tantra into the mainstream. Mm. And yes, we do hook them in with the sex. But through sex, you'll reach higher states of consciousness, a relaxed nervous system, overcome all of your mental illnesses like I did. And the word Tantra means to liberate and weave, weave all this beautiful knowledge. I describe it as the original biohacking. Mm. So there's a bunch of dudes sitting around figuring out the human body. Then they mapped it out and create these beautiful meditation practices so everyone could understand the human body. Mm. And sex was just a tiny part of it. The five, let's say 5% out of 95. And Tantra is a method that is built to help you liberate yourself from the social conditionings, the one that's around the world, then your, your parental conditionings and the religious conditionings, the conditionings from the town that you're from, then the country that you're from. I'm British, so I have British politeness. It's a real problem. <laughs> we just use a simple thing, breath, sound and movement, use the body to break free from the shackles of all of these programs that's been installed into us. Now, I've been down the tantric rabbit hole Mm -hmm. for seven years, and I'm just coming back into normal society. And And what do you mean by tantric rabbit hole? I mean that there's a place called Tantra Island in Copenhagen. There's uh, Arambol, uh, Goa, there's Engsbacher in Sweden. There's all these vortexes where it's tantra, 24-7. 24-7. And all we do is do ritualistic practices to reach higher states of consciousness. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're all trying to get enlightened. I call it the enlightenment race. Mm-hmm. Y- you've heard of the rat race. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows the rat race. It's uh, the classic, go to school, get a job, get educated, get married, get a job, retire, happy. Mm-hmm. And make sure you have children. Right Now, the only way to win the rat race is to get up to the top, 
And then you burn out. Mm-hmm. And you go, now what? Vroom. Then you have to start back from the bottom again. And when you're at the bottom of another race, the Enlightenment race, you go, oh, who am I? What am I doing? Oh, mindfulness, meditation, yoga. Hmm, I'm an overachiever for my old past life. Maybe I'll do a yoga teacher training. Oh, breath work. Oh, ayahuasca. I think I'm enlightened. Oh, tantra, yoni massage. Maybe I'll become a teacher and a healer. Oh, I'm an overachiever. I am a perfect teacher and a healer. I've got to get Instagram account now. Okay, right. I better grow that. Online course. Okay, I better grow that. Run retreats. Now this enlightenment race <laughs> is a lot harder than the rat race because it's 24-7 now. Because <laughs> you get paid to be yourself and then you have to like buy land right. and build a community and try to find your twin flame or be polyamorous. It's like a whole kettle of fish. And then the only way to win that, of course, is to burn out again. And then you fall to the bottom of another race. And I call that the impact race. Mm-hmm. And here I am. Hi. <laughs> and you've made it through two successful burnouts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And two different matrices. Do you think, because while many people who are listening or watching this are probably on some level of their own awakening, Mm -hmm. some level of their own, whether they've been through mental health challenges like you have, or they've been through loss and perhaps maybe heartbreak and transition Mm -hmm. like myself. And they find that initial shift and path for their healing. Maybe it's a meditation retreat. Maybe it's breath work. Maybe it's this episode. But where do then you get to draw the line where you're actually taking that overachieving mindset in the, whatever we call it, the default world or that normal rat race of success. And now we kind of put that same mindset into how much healing can I do? And what are your thoughts about that? Is that burnout similar? Or how is it different? This rebrand of a mental breakdown, we like to call it an awakening, Mm -hmm. is, yeah, it's just mental health. Like back in the 80s, people used to buy, like men used to buy Ferrari or get a younger woman. Now you've got the internet and you've got wellness and you've got more options now. And I found that it is a dark rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. I mean, I believe that people should have fun. Now, when you go down the self-healing practice, like modern science can't really help you. Like I tried uh, therapy through the NHS. I was meant to be on pills. Like I I was meant to be dead as well. Like I had liver damage, kidney damage. I had all the terrible things that would happen if you're an alcoholic and a drug addict. And normal things couldn't help me. So I had to leave London and go to places like Tantra Island and learn how to do these devotional practices to help you get into these awakened states and in one year like i'm super anal so i analyzed the data how much did i spend on my healing what superpowers did i get and um, you actually had a data sheet of course <laughs> i come i come from You're a, this is a rat race like I, I was a successful advertising art director working on the biggest brands and i Grew up on science fiction star wars star trek and an x-men like i'm a massive geek I thought, oh my God, I've got these superhuman abilities. I can make people orgasm without touching them. It's great. That's one. Like there's so many cities that you have when you go down the, the rabbit hole. But in one year and eight months, all my mental illnesses went. 
Wow, including your health challenges. Everything gone because of Tantra, <laughs> because of finding ways to heal trauma through the body. Uh, lingam massage, anal dearmoring, body dearmoring, all these like very high-level esoteric ritualistic practices, like one year and eight months and a lifetime of chaos and hell and suffering. So again, I know it's one year and eight months because I documented everything mm -hmm. and that's why I have my YouTube channel. It's like, like when I was going through my major crisis, a film company was filming me when I was going through my addiction problems, my mental health problems. And imagine going through the worst part of your life and the TV company is filming you for one year. Wow. That was... How that, was that? It was terrible. But it inspired millions and millions of people to become unicorns, but also to be okay with themselves. There's mm -hmm. other alternative ways to heal. Now, I did my bit, one year and eight months. But then I was like, but I've got a new toy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everybody, there's a thing called Tantra. You've got to do this thing. It's the best. <laughs> So I can't remember what, what the scientific term of this is. It's like the Kruger curve where right. you're on top of, you do one course and you're on top of Mount Stupid and go, I'm the best at this. Right. And then you fall from grace me. and then you have to work your way up again. <laughs> yeah, nine years of working my way up again. So yeah, I, I, I loved it. Mm. Like the fact that it healed me so quick and so easily and so effortlessly, but it was painful. I wanted everyone to have this. So because most people think when they think tantra they just immediately think of sex mm -hmm. and what i'm hearing you speak on is that it's it's a way of living yeah and one of the you know leading i guess philosophers that really talked about this that i love and that i've studied and you probably have as well is osho mm. and the bhagwan <laughs> the bhagwan they say i have the bhagwan's eyes i was going to say <laughs> you kind of have some similar vibes there <laughs> True. <laughs> but what I'm hearing you say is that Tantra is the way of life. Mm -hmm. And how is that different from our typical rat race where most people would just, you know, sit in their suck or sulk or blame others mm -hmm. and just kind of be consumed with the doing. You spent a year and a half or a year and eight months in fully immersing. And we're now talking a lot about embodiment and somatic mm -hmm. healing. And I know that even for myself, getting into the deep trauma and loss of my own family, it only happened through somatic experiences. So can yeah. you speak on that a little bit? So the issues are in the tissues. And now I know every single human has some kind of sexual trauma because there is so little education around sexual wellness, sexual education. No one really knows how to say no when it comes to some kind of intimacy. But also no one really knows how to say yes. So when you own your no's and your yeses, then you're able to listen to your body. So everything is through the body. I used to have a lot of mental illnesses because I thought I had to analyze all the data in my head. I didn't know I had a heart that feels. like mm -hmm. I, I always actually used to identify myself as having a, a black, rotten core of a heart. That was my, I mean, my mantra was, I hate my life. Mm -hmm. I hate my body and I hate myself. Oh. They were the things that I said to myself over and over again. And the best one uh, was, everybody hates me. So these were my default settings. Now, if you say that over and over again, it's all going to come true. And it was only through somatic work, tantric massages, tantric rituals, and 
sex magic. Mm-hmm. Where I went to the core of my pain, which was relationships. I mean, I'm the middle child, so I'm going to... Mommy, mommy, look at me, look at me. I'm on TV now, look at me, mommy. Look, I bought two houses now, love me, mommy. My mum loves me now, so it's great. <laughs> she always loved me anyway. I just needed to get her to say a few things during that 2017 period. And because of a few things that she said, I'm able to have a nice voice and I could speak in public without any training. It's great. That's the level of tantra. I mean, I saw a lot of my pain and suffering through devotional singing, Mm -hmm. like the uh, bhajan, kirtan. Mm -hmm. And through that, I used to just cry hysterically. And this is a tantric practice for me. Of just being able to sit in those uh, song healing and sound healing for those who don't know what kirtan is. It's it's basically, well, I'll have you share. It's just devotional singing. It's it's, it's in every single religion. Mm -hmm. Sufis love a good bit of singing. That's a mystical part of Islam. Hinduism, Kirtan Bhajan. Judaism, Christianity, gospel choirs. Now, it's it's in every single religion. Mm-hmm. And this is why people love doing devotional singing, because it connects you to God. It opens up your heart. And they say, when your heart opens up, there's a throne in there. And that's where divinity comes in and sits in there. And I've had so much judge. I mean, look at me. Well, I wonder why people judge me. <laughs> They don't even look at the color of my skin. They're like, is this a man or a woman? Like, an, or a unicorn or a Jedi? Like, what is, what is, well, how do I put this guy in a box? <laughs> the last thing they see is my color. So I get a lot of judgment. So when I'm singing devotional songs, I, I just cry. All these thoughts of all the, the hate and the pain I've suffered for being different was real. And it was all because I couldn't stand up for myself or protect myself or speak up for myself. And that is a somatic release through... There's three bits of the technologies, Mm -hmm. Tantra, Mantra, and Yantra. Mm -hmm. So through the Mantra, I was able to cry and release. And I actually became a really good speaker Mm -hmm. and very embodied and expressive when I spoke. And when you embody your full spectrum of emotions, you're able to actually be a better facilitator, healer, uh, but also an entertainer. Like you actually all of a sudden start being able to do really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I have all these superhuman abilities. Like I could dance incredibly. I didn't know I could move my body in such incredible ways. Hang on. I wonder, again, overachieving mind. If my body moves like this by myself, what would it be like with another person? Oh my God, there's this whole thing you do when you make love. Oh, I wonder what it'd be like with five people. I could be present with all five women. This is fantastic. So you just scale up all these tiny little things that you notice in your body. Mm -hmm. Eckhart Tolle talks about the gaps between the thoughts and the power of now. Mm -hmm. Now, just imagine uh, extending the gaps between the thoughts. For me, that's super easy. I spent seven years just meditating through tantric lovemaking. But imagine, like, if you could expand the gaps between the thoughts, why can't you as a man and as a woman expand your orgasms and Mm -hmm. expand the pleasure Mm. And how can you live a pleasurable life all day, every day? Hang on, there's scientific research done where if you have a lot of pleasure, a lot of orgasms, a lot of bliss, then your immune system gets better. Mm-hmm. I didn't get ill for seven years. Wow. I didn't have a cold. Like I used to be a really, really scrawny, skinny, sick child. Like we're just away from society and society isn't built for bliss. It's built for stress. Yeah. And you're in constant survival here. 
Whereas in these little vortexes on Tantra Island, we don't even have to clean the house. You've got cleaners. <laughs> you don't even have to cook the food. You just pick, up, pick fruit off trees. It's like everything's so cheap and so easy. All we do... And so taken care of. Exactly. All we do is just take care on how to... The Enlightenment race. I think it's Krishna who once said, you can have all the sadhanas in the world, all the practices, all the spiritual practices in the world, but you need only three. Mm. And they are to sing devotionally, dance ecstatically, and make love tantrically. Mm. And this is why I cry when I sing in these communities. Life is so simple. Mm. It's just uh, uh, two simple things, a sense of belonging Mm. and having a sense of purpose. Yeah. So going back to the original question, how far do you go? You go on top of Mount Stupid and you tell everyone you found a new toy. And then eventually life will bring you crashing down and you'll have to embody the real truth, which is yourself. Hey, love. Want to go deeper and behind the scenes with our mini trainings with some of our guests on the Brave Table? Then become an insider and get the inside scoop. It's absolutely free and you'll unlock private mini trainings that will help you be even more brave in your relationships as we go deeper in certain areas of your life. So become an insider today for free at nithabushan.com forward slash insiders. That's I-N-S-I-D-E-R-S and learn from the Vice documentary, Shaft on Pleasure, Dr. Kate Northrup on Money Blocks, Karen Rockland on Speaking Your Truth, and Dr. Nisha Khanna on Women's Health, and so, so much more. And guess what? It's all free when you go to Nita, that's N-E-E-T-A, Bouchon, B-H-U-S-H-A-N.com forward slash insiders. Grab your inside scoop today. And now back to the show. I feel like you're also alluding to the humility in the divinity as well, Mm. because you have been through both sides. And I just love even the way that you show up. And I, I feel like there's even more there around, you said, the three facets of Tantra, Tantra, Mantra, and Yantra. Yantra. And before we get into the tantric lovemaking and kind of... The uh, cool 5% of tantra. The cool 5%. (laughs) That's my speciality. (laughs) Can you take us through what the yantra part of that is? So the yantra is... In the schools I went to, there's all these symbols everywhere, sacred Mm -hmm. geometry type stuff. Mm -hmm. So these yantras would be huge things on a wall and they would embody the codes of a mantra. So Mm -hmm. a Kali Yantra would have the oldest written things were Sanskrit. Mm -hmm. So it's a a whole lot of codes, conditionings and collective consciousness stuff into a picture, into Mm -hmm. a a pattern. Mm -hmm. And when you look at it, you start to feel the energy of Kalima Mm -hmm. and you start to embody it. Now, one of my favorite yantras is the human eyeball. Mm. Now, if you do eye gazing, mm. and if you do... I was hanging out with an actor the other day, and I, and, and I was teaching them how to eye gaze. And I said, yes, left eye to left eye gaze. And if you can't figure that out, just put your finger on your left eye and your partner, put your finger... There you go. And he says, oh, actors do that. So their gaze doesn't go like this. Mm. And I'm like, actors are actually really tantric mm. because they have to embody the full spectrum of humanity on demand when the camera's rolling. Mm. And the more actors I'm working with now, I'm like, 
you guys are already doing Tantra, it's embodiment practices. Mm -hmm. And the fact that your face is on a big screen, you have to get millions of people to feel what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And it's through mirror neurons. If you're feeling something, you could change populations. Like Mm -hmm. you could change the narrative of the like society just by embodying the full spectrum with a great message. Mm. So a yantra is an image that you look at and you pick up the energy of whatever the images are. There's all these deities Mm -hmm. and what I love about Hinduism. And again, I love all religions. It's like the X-Men. It's like Avengers. You've got a whole spectrum of superheroes and they all look like superheroes. They are. Superheroes. It's amazing. And not only that, it's like that religion is like mythologies in in Greek and Norse mythology. It's Mm. like an Egyptian. It's like all these cool things. It's like the new modern day religion is Marvel characters. I mean, that's been around forever. But it's, I love belief systems. And Mm. if you believe in a yantra, then it's real. But the human eye, if you look into each other's eyes, that's really great. For women who are probably listening to this or their partners are listening to this and they're like, you know, can we benefit from a yoni disarmoring? Mm-hmm. And I know, you know, some of the other, the yoni mapping yoni that you mapping do. Is a really important one. And what would be the benefits of mm-hmm. those as women are starting to kind of reclaim their bodies back, mm-hmm. reclaim their sexuality and their sensuality back in their bodies? What do you say to those women? So I was working with a couple in New York. And she was a very, like, a classic, hard, New Yorker, powerful, very no masculine. And I gave her a Yoni Diarming session. And halfway through, she said, one of my legs is longer. And I was like, really? And I was like, okay, I'm going to have a look. And lo and behold, one of her legs was one inch longer. Oh, and she just realized it then. <laughs> she, she just felt it. Because I'm so in the work. I'm just, I have to do the procedure and then, mm-hmm. then it's fine. But she felt my, one of my legs is longer. I'm like, interesting. And literally one of her legs was longer. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. Then I have to do the other leg, obviously, so it balances out. So from that, this pelvic bowl area was able to relax and open. And she had this huge flush of energy through her. I, I call it the witchy energy, mm. the goddess energy, the, the goddess. priestess energy. So... I see when a woman comes online, mm. they do this. Mm. And they, instead of, like in normal society, sex is hard, fast, and you're tense like this, and you're <laughs> shallow mm. breathing, and then there's an explosion, and then one person goes to sleep, one person goes to work. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in this space, you feel more. Mm-hmm. Women get out of their heads into their sensual body and the bodies do these mudras. Mm-hmm. And when they really tap into this, this energy just flows through them. They start having orgasms in their breasts. They start having mm-hmm. orgasms like in their belly, in their womb, in their cervix. And they start to feel more and have these full body orgasms from the release of tension that's inside of here. When this is released, you feel more, you relax more, and you realize how beneficial this work is, and especially with like the yoni mapping. Mm-hmm. When you are able to understand your own body, mm-hmm. your own pleasure pathways, the way you like to be touched, like very often that I work with couples and someone would reach over and go like this, touch them very wet, and then like touch a few boobs, tweak a few boobs very quickly, and then touch, and then, and then bum, 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 done. Now, 
I often found that women hate that kind of touch. <laughs> they go like this. <laughs> but they're in a marriage and they'll just, you know, they, say, they do what they have to do. I have to know, okay, and this is kind of interesting because I don't believe in it, but I believe in it. I ask, what is your star sign, astrological sign? And they'll be like, I'm a Taurus. I'm like, oh, she wants earth touches then. And the person is probably an air sign and he he probably likes this light touch. touch. And she needs like a really firm, present, mm-hmm. grounding touch. So once I get him to do that, and then she'll be like, oh, I can relax once. It's really nice. I didn't know this was an option. Mm-hmm. So understanding your partner's pleasure pathways, what types of touches they like. Touch is super important. Yeah. Like, do you like firm earth touches, grounding touches? Do you like little fiery touches and little scratches like this? Does that activate you? Uh, do you like like coconut oil and like a lot of moisture mm. and fluidness? Do you like a, a watery touch or do you like an air touch? Mm. And these are really important somatic imprints because no one really knows how to touch each other from a place of unconditional love. And we're not really taught No one's taught that. this. We're, you don't need, Zero uh, people are taught this. Do you have a course on this yet? Of course. <laughs> the Art of Conscious Touch. Check it out on sacredsexualawakening.com or instantsexgod.com. It's the most basic thing. This is how I saved my father's life through conscious touch. Can, I just held him. Wow. Yes. Talk about that because for a brown man and somebody as distinguished as your father, yet with all of the religious imprint programming that we don't touch our, no. you know, it's more so bowing and yeah, you touch your feet and, and you touch their feet and and, and it's so different. So can you talk about that that touch part mm. and how it can be so healing? So I mean, you saved your father's life with this. I did save my father's life. It's in my book. You can get it from sacredsexualawakening.com. And we're going to link, by the way, everything in the show notes because I definitely think people are going to be running to your website after this podcast Great. and after seeing this. Okay, so... So my touch. father, I mean, I'm just going to quickly just round off the, the Yoni mapping. Yes. Because I think your audience will find a lot of value in this. There's so much you can do on the external side of the, the clitoris and that there's, there's a whole unicorn horn there and the tip of the horn is this, uh, the tiny bit, but there's a whole thing you could do on the outside of a yoni. Internal extension of the clitoris is a G-spot discovered by the doctor, male doctor, because women couldn't find it themselves. Mm-hmm. But everyone knows the G-spot. No one knows the A-spot. Now, the A-spot is way better. When you stimulate that, I use the Anubis, you are able to produce Amrita. I was taught 98% of women could squirt. Now, I've been, I'm a friend of uh, Planet Bibi on Instagram. Bibi's a friend of mine, and she said 100%. She's also been on the show as well. Yeah, I love her. We do exactly the same stuff. She just packaged it better. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, 100% of women can squirt. Everyone, Mm -hmm. Everyone can squirt. From the A spot. From the A spot. From the A spot. Yeah. Okay. And if you awaken the cervix and dearm the cervix and have cervical orgasms, you have a high percentage chance of orgasmic births. That's mm-hmm. an option. You could actually have orgasms when you birth. Where were you when I was birthing both of my children? <laughs> well, you know, you still could have a few more children. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should teach Ajit how to dearm and activate. I'm, I'm available. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there is all these things. And then there's the Kundalini area as well. So there's all this educational stuff that you need to learn the different buttons to press in certain ways that the woman likes. Like my job is so simple because... Yes, I'm a tantric sex guru and a sacred sexual Jedi and an instantsexgod.com. But my job's so easy because I just listen to what the woman wants. Mm. And a lot of women don't know what they want. So I have a menu of stuff. So I'm not like a, a wizard who could just go anywhere and activate a woman. I'm actually listening to her body language. I'm present, analyze the data. I have a menu of stuff which everyone should know about this stuff. But it's so basic, they should be teaching this in colleges at least, or schools, or teaching tantra to teens or something. It's just human biology mm. and learning about boundaries. Now, if people knew that, there would be less sexual trauma in the world. There would be education. And that's what I really want to get across. And this moves to my dad. Mm. How does this relate to daddy issues? It's everything to do with daddy issues. So I just finished working at Ibiza Tantra Festival. Now, I'm giving yoni massages all day, every day. I'm coming from a place from where there is no fear, guilt, and shame. Like, my job is to help people liberate from fear, guilt, and shame. <laughs> I get a call from my siblings that my dad's ill in Bangladesh. You've got to come now. So I'm like, I leave an amazing... I was in a threesome. So I had to say <laughs> goodbye to my... Your partners. <laughs> all my partners and get the flight. So... Oof. You go you go from Ibiza, which tantra is festival. Tantra festival. Giving Yoni massages not all day, every day. Non-stop. I'm really busy there. And then you go on a to plane Bangladesh. to Bangladesh, Dhaka. Yeah. Oh. And then all the way to Silet. And I got these bangles. I got purple hair at this point. She's she mustache covered in drenched in gold. And you look like a Hindu sage. I look like a Krishna. And it's a Muslim country. So when I go into the hospital, everything goes silent. Now, my energy is so big, my mom's super pissed off. I'm causing more harm to the family just being there because of my presence, because my heart's so open. And because of log yakking, what will people think? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is a not a good thing. So out of respect, I put on a little cap. I put on my like trousers and a longi and a, and a shirt or a vest, like whatever they got, just to cover myself up. But my energy is still too big for them because... The whole of that country, they've achieved oneness in the most beautiful way, but it's through fear, guilt, and shame. Mm. So obviously, I I can't go in there and go, okay, guys, I'm a world-class healer. I'm going to be able to do this and do that. It's like, I definitely can't do that. By grace, for some random reason, the first night, my brother says, hey, you give massages. Why don't you give dad a massage? I'm like, bro, you... And back then, I only did yoni massages. I wasn't a a body worker or anything like that. I was just doing... That's my speciality. So I was like, bro, I only give you only massages, but a sure thing. I'll do it. Because your dad was very ill. He's very ill. Um, he's a tiny creature. He's like... Um, he's under five foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're little and someone's so big and you look up to them... Like, I had a violent absent father. My story about my dad is... Like, I obviously love my dad now. Elvis, love you. But he broke my nose when I was little. Like, mm-hmm. he beat the shit out of me. And it's very common in Bangladeshi Muslim household to beat the shit out of your kid for discipline. And I was batshit crazy. So I got beaten the most. <laughs> and and for me, it's it like, fine. I was, I was okay with it. But to touch someone that caused so much harm to my body and put me in hospital, 
was a big deal for me. And I had to just remember, Shaft, you touch women's vaginas every day. You could touch your dad. It's fine. I just frame it in that way. <laughs> You've done a lot of... You can find pleasure in this. <laughs> it's not about pleasure. It's just being able to touch a human being. Right. <laughs> so just being okay with touching my dad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, this is the golden ticket to heal my father. For some weird reason, he said something. And my parent, youngest child, my parents love my brother. Like, he's the golden child. He's kept the whole empire afloat. So he's the position of authority. Me, I'm the glittery sheep in the family. I'm like coming and going when I, when I please. A middle child, no one cares. Yeah. But, and I know a lot of your audience are brown, that you get me, middle children. <laughs> so he's the authority. He gives me permission. And that permission is a big deal because then my mum could like be okay with what I'm about to do. So I give him a body dearmoring session. Mm. And I just thought the body is one big vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I know the trigger point releases from my training, which I haven't done in many years, but this is, I'll be able to do this. So I hold my that very fragile, vulnerable, tiny, it's like Benjamin Button, <laughs> like a really tiny creature. And to know that he's such a powerful, big personality and a big person in the community, I've never seen him vulnerable before. And I actually said to my mom, I actually prefer him like this. <laughs> so I was able to like be okay with touching him. And I like did the trigger point releases on his body. And he's like, you know, quite, he's got a stroke, so he can't move half of his face and body. But then I do all the stuff on his body and like go into his glutes, go into his thighs and like do the thing that I do. And he's in pain, clearly is in pain, but at least there's something there. Like he's there's no longer there. Yeah. But he's like, something's happening. Mm-hmm. I give him a, a bodywork session and then my brother takes him to the doctors in the morning because, you know, they love science, medicine, doctor, medicine, medicine. Obviously, I can't talk to them about trauma. I'm not going to do that. But at night, I'm planning everything that needs to happen the next day for me to heal my father. And my brother comes back in the morning and he says, whatever you did is working. We've got the blood test results and the urine results and he's healing. So keep on doing what you're doing. Again, position of authority. And I knew it was going to be fine. I knew he wasn't going to die. Everyone thought he was going to die. But I also needed to do my own healing. So I needed him to say the things that I wish he said to me when I was little. Mm-hmm. So that little eight-year-old boy and the younger version of myself that got beaten is okay with him. Mm-hmm. So I would do craniosacral therapy, hold his head. And again, presence, unconditional love, just like rotate his head. And I would ask him questions to get him into his heart. Like, Dad, what do you wish for me? What are you grateful for? Just really simple things. What were you doing when you were my age? Like trying to find out who this dude is, mm-hmm. who's just said, get married. Why are you not doctor? Why are you not lawyer? Huh? Get married. That's how you did. Get married. What have you eaten today? Huh? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> One-sided conversation. Children are just talk. Children, parents in our culture yep. just talk at just each other. They talk at each other. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah. Exactly. I'm really smart and I talk with my parents. Mm. So during this period, I ask him, just like good old-fashioned chat GPT nowadays, 
You're going to have the right prompts. It's true. It's so true. So I had the right prompts for him to cry. Mm. So he cried for seven days, nonstop, every day. And I was able to release all of the stories, emotions, wishes, and desires and everything out of his body. And there's a lot of healing for me that happened. Like, I was able to heal... So a long time ago, I used to identify myself as a lesbian blessed in a unicorn's body. I Everyone just thought I was gay. Mm. And ever, like coming to America, everyone just says, are you gay? I'm like, no one ever asked me this stuff. Because I come from a tantric and a burning man, head in background where the more fabulous you are, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the more sex you have. It's like you really embrace your femininity. It's super true. nice. But here it's like, no, we don't understand who you are. You must be gay. Mm. Now, I figured out why I was the way I was. I didn't know why I was the way I was. It's because when I was little, I didn't want to be like my father. Mm. I disowned my masculinity. Ah. There was no safe representative, uh, nothing that showed me a good display of what it is to be a man. And I definitely didn't want to be like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. I wanted to be like Shira and Chitara. Mm. <laughs> and I love my mum. So my mum took care of me. She raised me uh, whilst my dad was working hard at the restaurant to feed the whole empire back in Bangladesh and, and help us through, you know, college and university and stuff. Mm. So I disowned all of that. You disowned all of your masculinity. All of it, 100%. Because you didn't want to be that fear personally like your dad. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of men, they shy away from that mm. and if it, they don't have a good relationship with their dad. Exactly. And it's only through Tantra that I realized it. Like, tantra is just basically biohacking and psychology, understanding your brain, your patterns, your traumas, and going back and healing it. So I was able to heal the connection with my masculinity, heal the connection with my father. I was okay with being a dude finally. I was okay with being in this body as a man when I always wanted to be a woman. Mm. Uh, because I was so jealous you guys have all the orgasms and what do we have a little hachoo sneeze of an orgasm and that's the best part of life which is uh, an ejaculation and it's all over for everybody I was like I want what you guys have and then I go to Tantra and the world of sacred sexuality and these ritualistic lovemaking and women get fucked open to God I'm like I want that why are they having all of that and then obviously I did work and now I get fucked open to God and I get way more orgasms than most human beings could ever dream of. So it's because, because you... I healed the connection with my dad. Wow. 100% linked. So yeah, it was a, a powerful journey and it was it, life-changing. And, you know, my dad was the biggest villain, but then I was okay with him and I didn't have to live under his roof. And now he's my hero and I wish to be as, like an impact leader like he is. Mm -hmm. Like, he's great. Elvis, I love you. You're amazing. <laughs> and as my imprint was the main imprint during his awakening, so to speak, he actively listens now. Mm. He's super vulnerable. Whenever he needs to cry, he cries straight away. That's huge. I love that. That's huge. Thanks, Sha. That is huge. I think for all of us coming from immigrant backgrounds who've had different traumatic experiences with some elder in our family and they think that there is no going back to heal that past or heal that relationship. Trust me, there is. It's called Tantra. SacredSexualAwakening.com. Check it out or InstantSexGod.com. But I think you've been able to, in this conversation, really humanize mm. and go through with fun and joy and just 
all of the emotions that it carries of mm-hmm. just being that essence of love and that vessel of love. Now, you can't go there wafting sage around and putting palisanto everywhere. <laughs> now, that's not going to work. You also can't go there using the language that you use because their reference isn't, their capacity to understand that isn't there. So you need to be able to explain what you do as a healer, because there's a lot of people, coaches, healers are watching this. You've got to be able to explain it to a five-year-old. So I have to be able to use the technology that I know because Mm -hmm. it's human technology. Yeah. All humans do the same thing. Like I could go into like my old world is going to all the Tantra festivals. And I usually start off the Tantra festivals by getting like a thousand people having an orgasm. And I just frame it in a really simple way that you're basically just like, imagine drinking a drink. (laughs) You're really dehydrated and you getting your first quench. What is the breath that you make after that? (laughs) Ah. Now do that for 20 minutes. (laughs) Exactly. And stretch like a cat. And then you'll have a full body orgasm. Ah. 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 There you go. The body loves it. Mm. And all I'm doing is framing what the body does, putting two things together, getting hundreds of people to connect through mirror neurons, and I have to do a great demonstration. So they see the possibility of what's possible. And I'm a man doing it. So already, people in the outer rim of the audience, they're like, I'm not sure if this is real. So I say, okay, every person that's energy sensitive, especially the ladies, come close and feel this. <laughs> it's like a big <laughs> echo of pleasure. So wow. it's just you knowing how to use language, frame things, and take what you've learned and mastered as a coach and a healer mm. and apply it to your family and do the real work. Well, and we're going to go into our igniting round in just a second. I'm going to ask you a couple of incredible, juicy questions. But I think that this this conversation is just so fascinating for so many reasons. And you also have a certification that you teach other people to go through this if they like. Mm -hmm. And we'll also link that in the show notes. But I just want to first honor you for being the way that you are, for being able to heal your masculinity, to be able to be so good in your femininity that I think even the men listening and the women's partners listening is just going to be so fascinated by what you are bringing to modern society Mm. and that don't live in a bubble in Thailand. It's nice to be out wearing clothes again. (laughs) I love the Matrix. It's really nice. But I think that there is bravery to what Mm. you stand for and there's bravery to how you show up. And I think it's paving the way for others to basically heal some of their own relationships within themselves and even Mm. the people that they love. So with that, what does it mean to be brave? Do you know what the real price of freedom is? Mm. It is judgment. Mm. So if we're in a simulation, the ultimate aim of the game is to become yourself. Through tantra, through breaking through the shackles of society and social conditioning, parental conditioning, it's a lot of work. You start to become you. (laughs) And that takes a lot of courage and bravery. But there's a steep price you have to pay, and that's judgment. And that's when you start raising up 
because you're just a little bit happier, more fun than everyone else, and sexier and juicier. Then people start getting their little targets out and start going, he's different, we've got to take him down. So you have to be brave. You have to be courageous. You have to be somebody that believes in themselves so the world can believe in you. Mm. That's bravery, overcoming judgment. That's beautiful. Which is freedom. Mm. And one word that describes this season of life that you're in. Abundance. I had my financial awakening last year, so I'm uh, finding a new computer game to play. Oof. And that's uh, the, the financial game. Oh, I love it. If I could crack the sex game, then the money game's next, right? I think so. <laughs> I think you're unlocking it all. Thank you for Thank you so being much. such an incredible, wise, fun, and I mean, just entertainer slash your vulnerability. Mm. And I think that's going to go far in everything that you create. And I just want to say, Nita, everybody watching, you need someone like this as a friend in real life. Like, my inner voice is is better than it's been. But if you have her by your side as much as possible, she's like your biggest fan. It's amazing. Yeah, it's true. I would like to hang out some more. I would love that. I'm glad that we're just deepening our friendship. Yeah. But I think that, you know, it takes one to, to know one. So... And yeah, I just think that the work that you're doing is so needed. Mm. It's not that we can call a massage therapist and say, hey, can you uh, unlock some trauma down there for me? And you're making it mainstream for Mm. people to do it in a safe, Safe, trusting way. And so everyone go check Shaft out. Where can we follow you on the IG? We're also going to link all of the links in the show notes as well. Find me on at Shaft Eden on Instagram and YouTube and sacredsexualawakening.com for the ladies and instant sex god for the men. Wow. And thank you for having me. I'm super happy being here. This is the dream life to be interviewed by the Asian Oprah. <laughs> Asian in England is our brown, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I can do both. All right. Thank you. Until next time. Enjoy. On the Brave Table. All right. Go ahead and follow him on Instagram at Shaftedin. That's S-H-A-F-T-U-D-D-I-N. For men, you can find free resources at Instant Sex God. That is instantsexgod.com. For women, you can find the free resources at sacredsexualawakening.com. That is sacredsexualawakening.com. And if you fancy, go ahead and tune into his YouTube channel. He has tons of content and material on increasing your pleasure and your own tantra in the bedroom at this is Shaft Dean on YouTube. Now, if you loved this episode, you will also love episode 148, Stepping Out of the Good Girl Box from Pole Dancing, Pleasure Seeking to Full Liberation and Embodiment with Sheila Kelly. Episode 108, Sex and Relationships, How to Have Better Orgasms and How It Relates to Transformational Work with Evie Broska. And episode 22, Reclaiming Yourself and Living a Life of Pleasure with the one and only, the author of Pussy, Regina Thomasauer. Now, if you love this episode, join us for a behind-the-scenes look at what Shaft teaches us in the Brave Table Insiders. You can go ahead to the Brave Table Insiders and join us for the the behind-the-scenes training. And you'll be able to see the video of Shaft showing you and your partner how to perform a yoni massage 
and the intricate points that you can actually use in the bedroom. So go ahead and it is for free. This is for all of our Brave Table guests to get the behind the scenes access and become an insider. It is absolutely for free and it is in the show notes. And if you haven't already told us what your favorite part of this episode is, share it at the Brave Table on Instagram. And we always love your reviews. Don't forget to give us a five-star review on iTunes. And when you do, please screenshot it, send it to support at globalgrit.co so that we can give you a free gift. I will see you guys soon. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for being just a little bit more brave. 